Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. It's a, it truly is an honor. And uh, five years, wow, that's just great. That's amazing, you know. And I, I love to tell the, the Encounter story. I tell people all the time. And I say, oh, you know, they, I just kind of got bold. I just challenged people to step out and go out into the world. I didn't think they'd believe it, you know. I mean, but they did. And, uh, and it's just such a story. I'm so proud of you and this church. And it's, uh, man, God is being glorified, all you're doing. Um, one of the things that stood out. Reflecting on these five years that I want to talk about is just the faithfulness. I just know, Hunter and Liz, all this team, there were some quitting points that you pushed through. The only thing I told Hunter, I said, never quit on Monday. Just get through Monday and, uh, and push through. And I want to just talk a little bit about the unstoppable power of faithfulness, the foundation of being solid and fruitful and and, and, it's, and what I want to talk about is, is letting God do huge things in small ways through your life to accomplish unbelievable dreams. I really believe that faithfulness is the core. When I first started in the ministry 45 years ago, so just a teenager, and I remember preaching, and my mom came to hear me, and it was such a bad sermon. I mean, people were praying that it would be over, you know. And uh, there, was, there was no anointing. And it, it was everybody, I said, amen. And they said, thank God it's over, you know. <laughs> and I felt terrible. And I remember talking to my mom, and she's an encourager. I never heard her say a negative thing. But this time it was going to be hard. And I said, mom, how, how did I do? And she, <clears throat> she said, well, Dale, at least you showed up. <laughs> and then she said, and you know something else? Because I know you will always show up. God's going to use you in a great way. That's all that I know about the ministry. Show up. And it doesn't matter how brilliant, how gifted. If you do God's work for God's glory, faithfully, God will use your life in an amazing way. And so the big idea is God will do amazing things in small and noticeable ways that will grow and grow if we are faithful. You know, there's nothing spectacular about watching an oak tree grow. But it is spectacular to see it because it grew. Because it rooted and stayed. Something amazing happens in the long run. Matthew 25 and 23 says that he was faithful in little. Somebody say faithful in little. <laughs> He's going to be put in charge of many things. Just faithful. Say it again. Faithful and little. <laughs> faithful when nobody's looking. <laughs> faithful in what nobody sees. See, if you're faithful in what nobody sees, sometimes God's going to let a lot of people see what you've been faithful when they didn't see. What I have noticed, and have you noticed this, that a lot of the greatest things that happen in your life start in, in such unspectacular ways. 
I mean, just huge things. And I was just telling the story about this. I was with this youth group, and I was one of the only ones who, knew, who was, had a license to drive back then. <laughs> and they asked me to pick up this girl named Sharon Fox. Didn't know who she was, but she needed to ride to church. And, and we were going on an outing to mountain climb, I think it was. She got in the car. She sat so close to the door. She looked at this guy, weirdo, you know. Anyhow, the long story short, while we were on the hike, I fell off the mountain. But the first face I saw looking up was her face. And in my mind, I said, I'm going to marry that girl someday. <laughs> and I, I told her, I fell head over heels in love with you. <laughs> but I think that was such an unspectacular start. But it's been 43 years of marriage. And you know, when we started the church, I, I'd been trying to help these church plants in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and, and all of them failed. And this thought just came to my mind. Well, why don't you just go do it? I thought, no. It just, it was so inspiring. And, and then I said, well, I'll pray about it. I mean, that was so spectacular. And now, 22 years later. And something is happening in your life this week. It's no big deal, but it could become something that changes the whole world. And you see, it's not the event, but it's the choices. It's the inner things. It's how you, you obey God and how you seize an opportunity and how you're, you're faithful in unspectacular ways that determines whether ordinary things become extraordinary fruit for God in your life and I want to speak to this because the big difference I found between fruitful and unfruitful people are just how they see God at work in, in little things let's look at Romans eight twenty eight. everybody knows this verse but let me remind you of it Romans eight twenty eight. read it with me and we know that in all things all right stop and say all things how many things? We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, God is working in what? All things. But few partner with him. Who, who does? Those who love God. People who are, who are in love and, and seeking his purpose know that in everything there's there's a way to partner with God. The good, the bad, the hard, the easy, the fantastic, and the really boring. <laughs> the God is in all of it if we're partnering with him. And I notice in the Bible God loves to use small things in big, big ways. A little lunch of loaves and fishes. A little sling and a little pebble against a big giant. Jesus started this thing called the church with 12 a small group. <laughs> How many know? Someone said that a small group of United Citizens can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. Just a few people. The kingdom of God has been described as a seed, a mustard seed. It's just small. It's just what you do with it, see? And it's not, it's not that you make it grow. How many know it doesn't work to dig up the seeds? I tried it as a little kid. I kept digging up my pumpkin seed. Get it together. 
But it's being faithful with the seed. Just obedience. Just fertilize it. Water it. You see, if you do the thing you can do faithfully for God, he will do the thing you can never do for you and through you in your life. Wayne Myers is one of my heroes. He's a missionary in Mexico and 95 years old, and he's been in ministry 70 years, really called one of the apostles of Mexico. And he told me something. He said something. This just blew my mind. He said, well, what's the greatest way God's used you? What, what is the thing that God has used the most in your ministry over 70 years? You know, the crusades, the radio. He said, no, it's our kitchen table. He says, over the years, Martha and I have just invited people. Every week, we invite someone to eat. Some of those people got saved. One now pastors a church of 13,000. Pastors, people, doctors all over the world. Because God told us to do something little. Just invite people to your home. Just, just love on them. Believe in them. And I'll do something incredible with your life. See, it's not really what you can do. But can you be faithful? When I started in the ministry, I remember I was... Started in my high school, and me and a friend, we were just bold. In fact, we did Jericho March, and people thought we were just crazy. And I remember one day, we were walking to our lunch, and we had bought our Bible. We had two little Bibles on there. And this cafeteria was crazy. I'll never forget so clearly God speaking to my heart. And I looked at those Bibles, and, and I had read a verse from somewhere where Jesus, and they had two swords, and they said, it's enough. And I looked at those two Bibles, and the Lord says, it's enough, you know. In fact, everything, I, all that you are, as limited as you are, as un, you know, intelligent, I did not make the honor roll. <laughs> you know, as ordinary as you are, whatever you are is always enough. If you're faithful to me. If you're just faithful to me, Dale. I want to read a story in Zechariah 4 about the unstoppable power of faithfulness. So let's read together Zechariah 4, uh, beginning with verse 5. I asked the angel who talked with me, What are these, my Lord? He answered, Do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. And he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Say this with me. Not by my, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? How many like the name Zerubbabel? There's a lot of pregnant. Why don't you name somebody Zerubbabel? No, I'm just kidding. Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it, or grace, grace. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hand will also complete it. Then you will know that the Almighty has sent me to you. Now read this verse with me. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. The background, these faithful remnant had returned from 70 years of captivity in Babylon and they came back to Jerusalem with the task of rebuilding the temple. They started, but it was an exhausting Task the rubble of the temple was mountain high. Think 9 11, okay? Just think of just rubble. 
And, and after they started with great vision, they, 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 they got exhausted. Let me see if you can relate to this. How many of have ever started something or you had a great vision and got about halfway through? And you say, I'm tired of this. I'm sick of this. I can't finish this. This is too hard. Maybe it's college right now. Maybe it's marriage. Don't look at me that way. Maybe it's raising toddlers or teenagers. Maybe it's a ministry. Maybe it's just your maturity. How many got started in the Lord? You thought you're going to be Billy Graham in three months. And the issues just kept running over. I'm more messed up than I thought. I'm, I'm not getting anywhere. Have you ever felt after 10 years? I remember I felt like I haven't grown a bit. I'm still a jerk. Wow. And you just want to quit. That's how they felt in this uh, story. And God had sent this prophet, Zechariah, to give him encouragement. And he gave him four things. I'll mention quick. A, a promise, a principle, a process, and a prescription. So let's look at those. Number one, the promise is, was very clear. It's not by might. It's not by power. I love the prophetic word. Zerubbabel says, Zechariah, you, uh, you laid the foundation stone, and you will put on the capstone. You, you started, but how many know the Bible says that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion? He didn't bring you this far. Don't think about how far you have to go. First, somebody think about how far you've come. Amen. Tell somebody you've come a long ways. <laughs> You're not what you, you ought to be, but you sure ain't what you used to be. Hallelujah. Now, God speaks to him and he says, do not measure your potential besides your own strength or talent or, or intelligence. This is not about your, your might or your power. This is what my spirit will do. I want you to know how many have the Spirit of God in here? If Christ is in you, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you. I read a new word. I like to learn new words. It's joggernaut. A massive, inexorable force that overwhelms and dissipates everything in its path. Like this snowball. I want you to know the Holy Spirit in you is a joggernaut. <laughs> A massive, inexorable power that cannot be stopped, cannot be defeated, cannot be quenched, can never, never fail. See, it's not what you are, it's who's in you. <laughs> like the story of this little girl that's at the carnival with her uncle, and he bought her some cotton candy. She was about this tall, the cotton candy was about this big. And he said, hey, honey, that's a big cotton candy for such a little girl. And she said, Uncle, I may be little on the outside, but I'm huge on the inside. <laughs> you may be little on the outside, but friend, you are huge. I, I just want to give you a spirit of inevitability in your faith this morning. I'm sorry, but it's inevitable that you're going to conquer. I'm sorry, but it's inevitable that revival is going to sweep your city. And you're going to be in the center of it. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is for you. Who can be against you? 
The key is very simple. Abide. I like to just say, stay in the river, church. Just stay in there. It's not complicated. Just keep hosting the presence. You know how to do it. You do it here all the time. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to even know how to dance. I wish I could dance like Hunter. I can't do that. I, I, I can't even jump. But I can stay in the river. And in the river, he who began a good work. That's why the apostle said, against all the opposition, just send your power. Let signs and wonders come, Lord. They just remember, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. This will prevail. This will prevail. Just remember that. Stay in the river. I just think the Lord told me to tell you that. The principle is very simple. God's going to do a great work, but it's not going to just be for you. It's going to be through you. And Hunter mentioned that already. They still had to dig the rubble. How many would rather God's power just work for you than through you? I, like, I call them zap prayers, you know. I'm just going to lay hands on that toddler, and they're going to be at peace. Ah, I'm going to lay hands on these 30 pounds. <laughs> Hallelujah. I cast you off. And <laughs> wish it worked. I just heard a funny testimony. This couple, and this guy just got saved in our church named Joseph, and her, her name is Bernice. And he was telling his testimony. He said, uh, you know, he was a drug addict. And he said, I'd wake up in the night. Every night my wife was laying hands on me, praying in the spirit for me to get saved. I thought she was trying to suffocate me to death, you know. <laughs> so I better get saved, you know. So, yeah. But few things God does for us are zap prayers. Can I tell you about prayer? God does, sometimes God pray, answers prayers when you pray. Mostly he answers prayers because you prayed. And you don't see them. And you don't even know when they're going to happen. But because you prayed. You're on your way to a miracle. It's not an instant faith, but it's a committed faithfulness by which God does his greatest work in our life. We are so concerned with outputs, God is concerned with inputs. When is a miracle going to happen? Will you be faithful today? When are my finances are going to break? Will you bring the whole tithe to the storehouse? See, we want, it, we want the outputs, and God says, you don't worry about those. Just be faithful. If this church does the right inputs, revival is inevitable. <laughs> you can't, and you're doing them. Your prayer, repentance. It's not any magic. It's simply the fact that you're willing to do what God says to do over and over Today, and then do it again tomorrow. Then do it again tomorrow. And can I tell you what the great, greatest things God's doing? You can't even see them right now because they're inside of you. They're your character and they're your attitude. And, and they, nobody sees it and nobody knows when you chose not to give in to that temptation today. But every time you, you win, and I just like to say it this way, little victories win big wars. And, and baby steps bring great breakthroughs. You know, just these little 
When I was 19 years old, trying to deal with purity, I remember I was working this place. I'd go in, it was a 7-Eleven. In those days, they, you know, this is before the internet. Of course, they had all these playboys and whatever on the racks there. And I never would go read them, but I'd often just look over there. And Holy Spirit convicted me. And he said, today, you're going to overcome that. And so I walked in. I got my big gulp drink. And I just said, hallelujah, glory to God. And I didn't look at that. That's just such a little thing, isn't it? But when I got outside of the door... I felt the power of the Holy Spirit come on me. I started weeping, and I felt like the Lord was saying, you don't know how many thousands of people are going to get saved because you chose to overcome lust in your life. It's just a little thing. No, it's not a little thing. God does giant things because of little things. And the only way he does giant things is because you let him help you do little things. It's called faithfulness. The greatest work of God happens on the inside. It shows up on the out. Just the same way rottenness and brokenness and evil shows up. First from the inside. And then it comes on the out. Have you ever heard someone say, man, their marriage blew up last night? How many know their marriage didn't blow up last night? (laughs) Their marriage has been blowing up for 10 years and it showed up last night. Same way with a good marriage. Man, they got a great marriage at that retreat. No, they didn't, you don't get great marriages at a retreat. You get great marriages one day at a time. You remember to bring them flowers on Friday or whatever it is. You, bring, you begin to apologize. You remember to be humble. You remember to encourage. And you just do it every day. And one day this marriage shows up that you always dreamed that you could have. Revival's the same way. Someone said, revival hit our church last night. No, it didn't. Somebody's been paying for it for decades. And it just showed up last night. It was the baby. How many know? Some of you know. Pregnancies are costly. (laughs) The fruit is amazing. So what is the principle? As I said, small victories win big wars. Begin to be faithful, and God will begin to be amazing. The process is, if you do small things, and you make the right choices, and choose to obey, and choose to be faithful, over a long period of time, God will fulfill every promise he has in his word for your life. Let me just give you four I just, these are just four of the key areas because we're talking about revival. And I had a word when I came over here about Elijah who prayed. And he saw a cloud with a small hand, the size of a small hand. And he began to declare, I hear the sound of, of abundant rain. And I just felt like the Lord said, there's a small hand over Encounter Church. Their faithfulness and tell them to get ready. I hear the sound of abundant rain. The small cloud came from somebody paying a big price day after day. And now God's going to do his great work. The four key areas, and I like this picture. I heard a long time ago this lady, she had a great big old tree, and the roots were ruining her, her system of her house, and she needed to get rid of that big tree. And she asked somebody to cut it down. It was too expensive. And so she went and bought her an axe. Even though she's 70 years old, she gets this axe. And her son says, you can't cut that tree down. She said, you watch me. 
He came back three months later, it's still there. Six months later, it's gone. He asked her, Mom, how'd you do that? She said, four swings a day. Four swings a day. Every day she got up, whack, 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 whack. The first month you could barely see anything. But she kept whacking. How many know if you keep whacking, the mountain, the tree will fall? So I want to give you four whacks, all right? <laughs> Whack these four ways every day. <laughs> Number one, keep your heart pure. Get rid of the junk in your heart every day. Let's look at this verse, Song of Solomon 2.15, talking about small things. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. And I, I just like this idea. How many know that it's the little foxes that kill churches and marriages and relationships and businesses and careers? You know, the devil's really smart. Most of us, if, if we saw 50 demons flying towards this building right now, man, we'd gather in a prayer circle. Hallelujah. We'd call out angels of out armies and we'd begin to, and they, they wouldn't have a chance. So he comes with the little foxes. Ingratitude. Neglecting your spiritual life. Holding an offense. Just being negative. You know what I've seen kill marriages? Just not being encouraging to one another. I forgot to tell them how handsome he was for the last 60 years. Oh, darn, you know. <laughs> just, just don't encourage and you can kill it. Just don't forgive five times. It's over, baby. It may hang around for a couple years, but it's over. Just start to minister with a secret ambition. And I want people to think I'm really good. I want to be the star of this team. I want people's approval. I want this to be all about me. Just get, a, get an attitude like that. It's called a little stinky fox. Just become greedy, stingy. Just withhold your giving. Just, just something. And if you would just do this one thing, God, every day I go fox hunting. <laughs> Search me today, God. I'm not leaving this building with anything in my conscience that's not right before God. How many are thankful for the blood of Jesus? I mean, it's, it's over when you claim the blood. Your heart's pure like that. Just turn on the light. Ask for the blood. Repentance makes room for revival. And when the whole church repents every day, revival is on the way. <laughs> Number two, keep sowing. Keep making room for God in your relationships and in the city by the seeds that you sow. Let's look at this verse, Ecclesiastes 11, 1 through 6. I love this. Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, and eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. 
If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree fails to the south or to the north, in the places where it falls, there it will land. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. How many have ever been hesitant to plant a seed because it was cloudy and gloomy? (laughs) And whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning. And at the evening, let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. I just love the picture of seeding the clouds. There's a moment when the clouds get too full because you've sown too many seeds. And the rain will fall. It will fall. The most powerful thing in the world is the law of sowing and reaping. A couple of things to sow. Number one, prayer. Let me just mention prayer. Not just prayer, but continuous prayer. In James 5.17, I know you all know this, but it says of Elijah that he, the way the rain came was that he was just like us, a man of, of all kinds of issues. But he prayed fervently. And if you remember the story about the little cloud, he got down seven times. He prayed, look for the rain. Seven times, which is the the number of, what does it mean? He prayed as long as it took. And the word, he says, he prayed fervently. It's a Hebraic idiom that means pray a prayer within the prayer. Pray the prayer, and then pray within that prayer, more prayer. And then within that circle, pray more prayer, and then pray more prayer. It's called drill, 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 drill. Don't just light the the candle. Keep the fire going in this sanctuary. The incense going up day and night. Keep Keep the flood of the consistency. Consistency compounds everything. It compounds money. It makes it, you know... It makes it grow. Compound interest is the most powerful financial force in the world. (laughs) But compound prayer is more powerful than compound entrance. So seeds and kindness of love that evangelize the lost and serve the church and build other people up. Mother Teresa said, small things done with great love will change the world. And I just, I've always loved that. To just measure your life, not according to the goals you achieved, but according to the seeds that you sowed. Was it a great day today? It was if you sowed the seeds you were supposed to sow. If you sowed the seeds you were supposed to sow, everything you want in life is inevitable. If you loved enough people, if you showed kindness to enough people... If you gave God enough, if you sowed the seed today, the clouds are full over your life. If you looked at the wind and said it was too hard to sow and I'm in a bad mood and I haven't had enough coffee today, whatever it was, it wasn't a good day. Not because the clouds came, because you didn't sow today. So you ain't reaping tomorrow. (laughs) And just these little things. When we started the church in Las Cruces, the Lord said, don't worry about people. Go sow 50,000 seeds of kindness in that town. And I got a group of people, gave out burritos and coffee and just loved people and helped people and car washed and did it. And the church took care of itself. In, in, in your relationships, 
How many seeds do you need to sow into your kids this week before that relationship will get sweeter? Just, just get started. Start this afternoon. Go out to the community and everyone you reach. Don't wait for a, you know, a, a message, an introduction. <laughs> Help them cut their grass, you know. Take some flowers to a nursing home. Call that person just to check and see how they are. Just a thousand little things and revival is inevitable. I love what Andy Stanley said. Every day do for one person what you wish you could do for everyone. Don't try to change the world. Change the afternoon of one person. <laughs> just do that. Just one person. That's all you got to do today. Just change somebody's 10 minutes. Just one person today. Can you do it? Say, what would I like to do for the whole world? I'm going to go do that for somebody. And then be faithful to grow. If you want to do, see God do great things and great and through small things in great ways. Don't focus on being a great person. Just focus on being a better person today than you were yesterday. <laughs> just grow. I just, I just challenge you to grow. Small wins. Win over one temptation today. Instead of watching that show you know you shouldn't watch. Listen to a worship song. You just won. Yes. <laughs> you just won. Just think of, of something that would represent you taking another step forward. You're hearing a sermon right now. Listen, I don't want you to try to remember this whole sermon. I just want you to remember one thing. <laughs> I dare you to remember one thing and do it. And this was a great success. Because if you apply one thing to your life today, you're better than you were yesterday. And if you get better tomorrow, one day, your world is going to change. One way you could say it better to your kids than the harsh way you say it. One way you could change a way of thinking that you usually go in and, and think positive one one thing i like what true captain founder of chick-fil-a said about about faithful he called it searching for excellence just doing something better every day and he said to the, to his leaders he says to about their restaurants he says don't worry about getting bigger if we get better our customers will demand that we get bigger <laughs> i like that don't worry about getting bigger just get better the world will demand you get bigger. Just get better. Just one thing. Just show up with your best game every time. None of us are superstars. Maybe you are. I don't know. But none of us are geniuses probably. But every one of us could show up with our best game today. And we could show up to worship. This is my best game in worship. This is my best game with my family today. And God will do amazing things. And lastly, this is the prescription. Be faithful to overcome today's problems and bummers with thanksgiving and praise by speaking to your mountain. Grace. Blessing. There is something we sang today. 
I raise my hallelujah. This is not just a cool song. This creates the whole framework for God to change a nation. You change an atmosphere, you change a person, you change a family. I love to describe what Zach's prescription was. Go talk to your mountain and go prophesy it to, to it with a word of praise. And he does. He says, mountain, who are you before Zerubbabel? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. And I love that saying, which is, don't just tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big your God is. Just start prophesying. Hey, hey, unemployment, my God is bigger than you. Can I tell you about the provider of all providers? Can I give you a sermon today, fear? That I have perfect love in my life and it casts you out. Can I just tell you, devil, who it was that crushed you under his feet at the cross? And you prophesy your future with praise. I mentioned earlier, all things work together for good to those who engage in loving God. I think that means giving thanks. Why? Because they see you'll miss What's going on, how God is working if you're not praising God. Because you'll just get negative and you'll, you'll be blind and you'll just miss everything. But when you're praising God, you say, oh, there's God. Oh, wow, God's over here. Oh. Many of you heard the story of Corrie ten Boom, you know, in the Holocaust. Her and her sister were in the concentration camp. And, and the story I always remember is that she was so complaining because their little cramped prison had fleas. And her sister Betsy said, no, no, Court, we got to give thanks and everything. You mean I got to thank God for fleas? Well, she said, you got to thank God that he's good even when there is fleas. You don't have to say thank you for the fleas, but you say thank you for God who's good even when I have fleas. She began to give thanks to the Lord. And all of a sudden she noticed None of the guards came into their cell because the guards didn't like the fleas. And someone smuggled a Bible, and they were able to start a Bible study and lead people to Christ and never get bothered by the guards because of the fleas. <laughs> but she wouldn't have seen God working for good if she wasn't praising God that he was good in the midst of the problem. I heard about a pole vaulter, and, and he said, and I just love this phrase. He says, how, how do you get over that 16-foot, 20-foot bar? He says, I just sit there until my heart is over the bar. I pray. I see it. I claim it. He says, if I can get my heart over the bar, my body will follow. Can I tell you about every problem you have? If you can get your heart over it, everything else will be over it soon. Just don't let your heart be stuck where you're at today. As I close, let me say for, for just a prayer of ministry that God wants to do something in 100% of hearts this, today. If I was giving an invitation, I sometimes might say, is there somebody in here? But I want to say it right now. Everybody in here. God wants to do a big thing in a small way in your life today. Everybody. There's something God is saying. I want to do something. 
I want to speak on it. I want to remove one of the little foxes right now. I want to give you a double anointing. I want to, I want to help you get over a bar that right now you're at the bottom of it and you're staring at it and it's killing you. I want to get you over it right now. There's something God wants to do. Would you stand with me and pray? Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through His Word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.